Hi, and welcome back to the Improv Teachers. I am Lauren Morris, and I am the host for this podcast where I sit down with teachers to talk about teaching improv. It's what I love most. It's uh, what a lot of us love to do, and it's great that we get to sit down, talk about it, and hopefully you guys out there get to learn from it. So this month, I'm talking to Megan Gray. For those of you who have not had the pleasure of meeting Megan yet, she's the former artistic director of the Magnet Theater. She's a writer, performer, and native New Yorker. She's performed with Second City and was a member of Magnet's longest-running resident team, Junior Varsity. She can be seen in such shows such as uh, the Armando Diaz Experience and the cast. She also produces and hosts the monthly all-women and non-binary improv show, Heart and Stars. She teaches Level 1. She also teaches improv uh, all around New York uh, and at festivals. She studied at places like the Magnet, UCB, and with um, improvisers such as Dave Pitt. Pasquese, TJ Jagodowski, Joe Bill, and many, many others. She's an amazing teacher. I really had a great time talking with her. Uh, we really dive into a lot of issues, and I hope you really enjoy this month's podcast. Uh, so let's sit back, let's listen, and thanks again for listening to the Improv Teachers. All right, so um, I always like to ask people, do they remember the first improv class they taught? Yeah. Oh, are we are we going? Are we recording? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that. Uh, yes. Uh, the class, the first class I ever taught. Yeah. Okay, because I remember like coaching the first time, but the first class I ever taught um, was at Magnet. We do something called the free class. I teach in the Magnet Theater in New York City. Uh, we teach a free class, which is basically um, a two-hour. You hit like. Truth and comedy, uh, give and take, uh, yes and. Like it basically, the three main things you would hit on the first day of a level one class, but it's free. So you can see, do I like this? Do I like this teacher? Do I like any of this? So I kind of remember teaching one of those and I taught a lot of those with Armando okay. first. Um, and I, I heard a little bit of Rick's interview with you. So I think a lot of this is gonna be similar. Uh, so like the first thing is like you teach you watch Armando teach and then he watches you teach and then you teach by yourself. Uh, well, that's what it was like early on. So he and I would teach uh, the free classes together. Uh, and uh, I was always incredibly nervous. So uh, I don't, I can't remember the exactly like, first one. All I remember is like a stretch of this summer where I was like teaching, we were like doing it like noon on Sundays in the theater. It was like, just this whole summer of teaching these like two hour fresh, like to just whoever showed up kind of classes um, early on. So I, I don't remember exactly, but I remember have, going in and looking at my notes and being like, okay, are you going to hit everything? Like just being so stressed out to hit like all the things that like Armando um, uh, just cause, oh, so he's watching me. So then I'm like, oh, am I doing this right? <laughs> Right. Yeah. And before that, Armando taught like a coaching class. So he okay. kind of taught you like the philosophy and like sort of what to do. And I remember early on, one of the things he said was describe to me how to brush your teeth. So something really simple that you do every day, but you have to describe it and give just enough information so that someone else could do it if they didn't know, which is kind of what I was sort of the way to teach exercises. It's like, yeah, what is the, the least amount and the simplest, most clear, concise instructions that 
I don't have to demonstrate for you, but I can use my words to describe it to you. Yeah, I think that's actually a huge tool that a lot of young teachers don't even necessarily know until they really start either getting trained or get in there of like, oh, I want to set up this exercise, but I'd like to set it up in like, you know, 10 words. Yeah. Uh, when you're first starting, you're like 10 minutes later, your exercise is <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and then sometimes I, I sometimes hear some descriptions where I'm like, oh, so much of this is unnecessary. Like, and, and a lot of times when they're on their feet, they'll see it a lot better than me describing it to them ahead of time. So sometimes it's like, it's just like, just get up there. You'll, uh, I'll, I'll walk you through it sometimes. Or I just give like an example and I, I do it with the student and then we figure it and then they kind of get it. But yeah, the Armando is sort of like this, um, uh, like an improv, almost like technician where he's like only the simplest words. And uh, he just has, um, there's no extraneous information there. It's always like basically exactly what you need to do, which I always found very helpful um, as a teacher and as a performer in, cl in his classes, uh, which I really appreciate. Yeah, it's, um, McNature is like that too. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it freaks me out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if you look at the book, Improvise, it's like so clear and it's, it's it just like, it's practical in right. a way that I think some theory is not. Right. Do you do the thing? Because I, um, I, some teachers, um, I mean, I started, I just, I do it, uh, is where, like, I actually, unless it's a lot of, unless it's the information that I really want them to have, I won't give them things. And then just as it comes up in the exercise, then I'm able to hit that for people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, doing it while they're on their feet will make it so much better than you talking at them while they're sitting in their chairs. Especially our classes are usually like seven to 10 on the weekdays. It's like, you don't want people falling asleep or, you know. Right. You're there to have fun and they should, yeah, you learn better on your feet. Yeah. I, I remember some classes early on where you would get, you do a whole Herald and then you'd get 40 minutes worth of notes on that Herald. And then you're up maybe twice on your feet, which I found um, was very unhelpful for me. And so I, I always try to like avoid doing something like that. Yeah. Um, to this day in terms of like when I'm coaching, so we'll run the full slacker and I'll side coach as necessary. But then I find myself giving these notes afterwards and a part of me just hates doing it. Cause I'm like, this would have been helpful in the moment. But the other flip side, especially like with this, with the particular team is that like they need to go through the whole thing so yep. that they feel like, Oh, that sucked. <laughs> yes. Or, or like, sometimes, sometimes you get a group that can dig their way out of it and then right. redeem themselves, which is also like really good to see them do. It's, it's such a, it's such a fine line of like, do I stop you now or do I wait later? Like it's, it, yeah, I'm constantly writing that line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I find when I'm teaching, I very much rely on like, um, what level class is this or yes. what focus of the class is and like what's I try to like know my students also right so I know like um oh this person wants to be on stage versus this person wants personal development yes uh, kind of thing and then like what's the focus of the exercise and I, I let those be my bumpers so that yeah. I can decide if I need to like wait or like do it in the moment Absolutely. And, and also knowing the history of that student of like, I know they're working really hard 
and, and I know that this note might stall them rather right. than like help them in the moment. So yeah, right. it, Lewis and I, uh, Lewis Kornfeld, my husband, he's been on this podcast. Uh, so uh, he and I were talking about just how exhausting it is to teach sometimes because you're a hundred percent, you're like 110% focused because you have to be paying attention to what they're doing, to their history, to them, to the 16 other people in the class, and then what's gonna come next that might help, or what am I going to do, or is it time for the break, or are they fit, like just being complete attention and how exhausting that can be for three hours. Yeah, um, I have, um, and God bless them because I love them, but I have a couple students and performers who, even after like three hours of coaching or teaching, um, then uh, come up to me and start asking me questions that like, I don't mind questions after class, but the, the type of things that I asked should have been in the classroom. Yes. I want to be like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I am tired. <laughs> yes, I know. And I know. And I don't want to like, oh, where, where I get to teach this thing I love, but it, right. it is sort of like, it does take a little bit out of you. Because, right. and, and I think if it doesn't, then, uh, then what are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. Like if you're not leaving there tired, um, then you're not putting all, like, I don't know that you understand what it means to be teaching, uh, yeah. yet, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, do you guys, do you guys have like any way of, so like the history of the student. So we, cause we're small still, we can talk to one another about like, oh, so-and-so's come through, here's what I've been working with them on, da da da. You guys are so much larger, but do you have an opportunity to do that? Yes, uh, at our training center, um, we have like an office. So we always hang out in the office before we go teach. And whenever there's a, a new class, everyone's like, oh, let me see your roster. And so right. we'll always like go through the roster and kind of in the moment, if I'm there, like, hey, this is my thoughts or feedback. Or if I see a student in the hallway and I know that I had them, I know that like, okay, they're in level two now. They probably have one of these two teachers. And so I'll ask and say like, oh, how are they doing? Or So we can't check and balance everyone, but there are some people that were like, oh, I saw this person in the hallway. They were, I was so excited by them in my class. How are they doing in your class? So we don't do it for everyone, but we do talk to each other a lot about other students or unfortunately if there's a problem person like uh or someone who's maybe a little bit difficult or having struggling we try to you know, of course reach out we have a checks and we have um we have a system where you can write in an incident report sort of thing mm -hmm. or like flag someone of like this is really nothing but just want to kind of like this this was weird or um or maybe this person isn't ready for like the next level so we do have a system where you can put in about a student if um yeah if you kind of are concerned but a lot of times we check in about also people we love right yeah <laughs> you do you, have you ever had to um have you ever had to are, well first of all are you the one who says to a student hey you're not going to the next level or is that somebody else's it's sort of it, it goes on to the school director okay um but if that student came to me I would, of course, I would have that conversation with them. If they were like, hey, what, I just took your class and now I'm getting this. I would be open to talking about them, but it's the school director does that, okay. which I think is, is nice for me because I don't, I, I hate having those kinds of conversations. Um, but uh, that being like sort of like the top tier that as an authority figure, uh, our school director can do that. 
Yeah, well, we're going to come back to that in a second. I'm just going to go on a different branch for a second since you also did the artistic direction part of it. Yes. Uh, I hate the conversation of like, so you're not pulling your weight <laughs> and uh, probably going to cut you. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't enjoy, like, for me, the artistic part I enjoy is like creating the new yes. shows and getting people together. And then it's the, it's the minutiae of like, you agreed to these terms and conditions and you're yes. not doing it. And now I have to have this tough conversation with you. And yeah, I, uh, I, I hate that. <laughs> but yeah, right. but uh, for us, which, I mean, I, I was the artistic director for seven years, but uh, we also have uh, like a house team director that does okay. all the house teams. So they're really the person that cuts people. Whereas okay. I would have to cut shows and it's a lot easier cutting a show because they all kind of like <laughs> really have it yeah, like, oh our show's been cut <laughs> yeah so it's like it's it's a lot easier to cut a show because you're just like uh i like because it's a lot easier to tell people like hey no one was there or like that was bad or so for me that's been easier than cutting yeah. a person of like hey which feels a little bit more personal unfortunately because people take things personally right. um so luckily that that's not been my job. Uh, Lewis did that job. Hannah Chase did that job. And now uh, Bianca Castasol is the person in charge of that job. Um, uh, oh, and Nick Canellis did it too. And uh, they, there's a lot more of them because they can only really do it for so long without getting really burnt out. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a true, like, it's tough to, to do that. I mean, that whole art, yeah, that whole artistic side is just very, very different than that education side. Because yes. um, then it also it comes from like my opinion, right. but because uh, like improv is so ephemeral, it's like sometimes it's just you're not right for this like a house team system. Right. Right. In that instance, we try to find other opportunities for those for someone. It's like, hey, this isn't your vibe, but you're a slower player. Like you're not like a, like. Being on a team is not on this night isn't great for you. So we, it, right. we do try to give people other opportunities, but it is hard. It yeah, is hard. yeah, it's definitely hard. Um, so going back, so speaking of hard, have you ever had to ask a student to leave? Oh my goodness, uh, no. But I have had to tell a student point blank. We'll talk about this after class. Okay. Uh, for arguing with me about notes. No, yeah. yeah. Basically, that kind of challenging me and saying, like, but in LA, we would do this or something like that. It was so I was like, cool, great, we'll talk about it after. Uh, and we did. And uh, he had other issues going on, but it was the, the time where, like, my face got hot. And I was like, okay, you have to just, okay, great, we'll talk about it after. Like, be really, um, concise and clear and not make it weird for everyone else. Right. Um, that's, that was probably, I mean, out of teaching, I'm sorry, I'm getting a flash player update. Hold on <laughs> on my computer. Uh, no, it was, um, but that was really the only time that I had someone that I was like, Oh, this is, this is not, um, this is going to lead to an argument if I don't shut it down. Right. But you I have, I have heard of like people having like, I've luckily never had this happen, but I've had drunk, like heard about drunk people in classes or oh, actually one time a homeless guy walked into the free class. 
And I did ask him to leave because he passed out. Uh, he was like sitting, he actually was pretty funny. He was sitting in a chair and just kind of passed out on the ground. And I was like, hey buddy, probably should go. And that was like the, I, it was the one time that I, I was like, yeah, you should leave. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I feel like when I hear these stories, cause I've heard them doing this podcast now for a couple of years from like several people, it stems from the fact that they don't set up like expectations and boundaries yeah. up front about how they're gonna give notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and or they're not, if they're in a system, they're not supported by that system or if they're by themselves, they just haven't like thought that through. So do you, do you do that like in the classroom? So like if it's an eight week class, you say like, here's how the note taking is going to go and here's what I expect you to do or? Uh, well, I teach level one and level four. Okay. So I teach like, uh, so I, so in level one, there's not a lot of notes. I, I, I keep it really light and I sort of start adding it on as the weeks go through so that they're comfortable with me. They know me and they know like, Hey, and I do like a, Hey, pause. Let's try to like, maybe think about like, where are we? Like, let's do something that shows where we are or something. So I'm real light on notes for level one because about having fun, learning the skills and all that. And then when I get to level four, they're already used to notes. And, and sometimes I'll be like, I like to side coach sometimes and I'll let them know that. Um, and I think, uh, I keep it, I pretty much just do scenes on the first day of my level four, just to kind of see how they play and how they take in suggestions and how they initiate. So, uh, so it's really easy then to be like, okay, pause, pause. Like, this is what I want to do. And so they kind of get used to it from the first day. So I don't really tell them, but I sort of start laying down the tracks of that in the first day so that they kind of get that vibe from me. But, um, but I'm never like super heavy with notes. Yeah. But, What's the focus of level four? Um, so our level four, level three is Harold, and then level four is kind of an open form. Okay. So you can do a slacker. You can do a mono scene. You can do a Harold. You can do uh, the event day. So uh, you and sometimes teachers just make up a form and they're like, "Cool, I'm going to try this out for eight weeks," because. Um, so level four, you can take a ton of level fours and each get something different from a different teacher. And then because level five is conservatory and you have to mm-hmm. apply for it. So yeah. you may not get into level five. So our solution is that, well, you can take a lot of exciting level fours and sometimes people take multiple level fours. So you're actually like challenged by the other people in the class and the form. So level fours are kind of like an open wild card of like, Hey, what do you want to work on or what do you want to do? So, um, yeah, so that's like our level four. Okay. I, t- I teach two different forms and, uh, and I always, after my, after every level four, I have a 15 minute one-on-one with every student to talk about how they're feeling. What were your, what are your thoughts? What like, uh, so on the first day I ask them what they're working on. And then at the last day we have our meetings so we can be like, Hey, how do you feel about like what we talked about at the beginning? So I always do a check-in with all of my level four students. Yeah, we, um, we have a conservatory program and that's where we do that stuff too. Of yeah. Like, yeah, because right now the way it's set up is conservatory is just me. So, and they haven't, <laughs> so, and it's starting, so it used to be that they would have me for something in the lower levels and then we sort of changed our curriculum around. And as a result, I'm not teaching the, the 
lower levels, if you will. They're not even levels. They're focused, and they're just getting me a conservatory. So it's really important for me to be like, okay, hey, so what are you working on? Because I haven't seen you yet. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Yeah. And I do that too, like usually with day one of any, it doesn't matter what the focus of, I just kind of have them, especially since they're advanced, I have them run the scenes so that I get a sense of like, oh, I know what your issue is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you get a really good vibe of like, okay, I, I can see what the, or just how they respond to each other of like, oh, is this a laughing class? Is it not? Are they more quiet? Or just right. how they react to each other's scenes is, is interesting to see. Or like, yeah, I, I, I clap. Is, is everyone clapping with me? <laughs> Usually they are, but like sometimes you get a class where like, cool, I'm the only one clapping. <laughs> Which yeah, that was something that uh, when I first started teaching improv, again, I don't think uh, I would have ever even thought about recognizing or being aware until I just got into it of like how different a vibe of one class to the next class can be and how that impacts me as a teacher also. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, sometimes I would just start, like, if no one's getting up or nobody's clapping, I just start to make, I make up a song and then I'm like, I'm gonna sing the song until someone gets up. If you want me to stop, you gotta get up on stage. So, uh, and a lot of times it, it, sometimes it gets into like a chorus and another verse, uh, until, uh, I'm like, if you want me to stop, you gotta get up. <laughs> um. That's so wonderful. Uh, um, so with your level one, um, do you then broach the conversations of like, okay, so this is the following stuff that won't be tolerated and I'll just stop it if it comes up? Or uh, I say in the break, it's like if, uh, I kind of start talking about that stuff in the break rather than like right away, first day level one. So a lot of times people don't even know what to expect or they're like, they have no idea. So I feel like it's a little overwhelming to be like, here's all this stuff right away. In the break, we have something that's like written on our um, on our rosters. That's like the the magnet is a place where like a safe environment where creativity can flourish. And we have this thing, and so I kind of paraphrase that to them, and I'm like, cool. So uh, if you feel comfortable, I'll never make you do anything you don't want to do. If you ever feel comfortable, let me know. We'll always talk it out. You never are going to be up there. Uh, feeling scared. I'll always help you out. Uh, I also really stress not touching each other. Uh, I, I, it kind of starts happening as I see scenes and then I'm like, cool. So if you're in a haircut scene and you don't touch this person's hair, it's more fun to pretend or, and I would, or I would say like, if you're in a massage scene, we pretend like we're massaging. Um, so I do, I kind of gloss over it a little bit, but as we get into it and as they get to know each other, then that's also, I feel it's a lot more comfortable once they get to, yeah, well, they feel a little bit safer with each other. I kind of also like, hey, so this is also like what's important. But if I see it happening right away, I will definitely stop it and be like, hey, so this is what, and improv is what we do. And this is kind of what the vibe is. And we don't really know each other yet. So don't do that. Yeah. The Fair Play out in Minnesota has these like yes. levels of intimacy and consent, and that for me has been such a great springboard of like because what we'll do is we'll and of course some students read and some don't, but we'll send out like you know here's your class, here's your teacher, also here's our student bill of rights, um, here's some FAQs on expect expectations, and then here's some intimacy like here's some touch levels, 
yeah. and then we just and then our teachers understand like they're all on like the, the level A's of like the no touching essentially. Yeah. Having it codified for that for the students, have, we have found to be like super helpful, especially when a newer student will say to because our again because we're smaller, all they if you you will see us perform like you always yeah. see your teachers performing. And so they'll come back like the, the following week and be like, well, how come, you know, you are <laughs> like in each other's lap? And it's so great to be like, that's because we're at this level of intimacy and you guys are at this level. Of yes, yes, that's really important. I know that um, uh, Bianca, who I mentioned before, uh, she has like a safe word that she'll say. And so she's like, oh, if you say this word, I will stop it. No questions asked. You don't have to do the scene at all. You don't even have to explain why you can like have this safe word. I've heard a lot of other teachers do it, which I think is, is, is kind of nice sometimes. Yeah. People have an already coming with an issue that they're kind of, that could be traumatic for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, these are adults who have like a long history that we don't know. Right. Exactly. I mean, so yeah. And like, I feel like 90% of the time, none of this is an issue, but also you don't, that 10%, you don't want it to become an issue. Yeah, either. and that's the time where you don't want to be like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? Right. right? Uh, yes. And you don't want to be stuck in that situation. So it's like being prepared and having them feel like you have that under control is very important. Yeah. It's yeah. also like exhausting sometimes to like, I have to constantly be paying attention and in control and projecting that confidence to you. So you don't know that I'm just talking right now until I figure out what I'm going to really say. Which I know. Sometimes like, oh, yeah. Right. They're like, oh, you're the teacher. You would know everything. And then that's the other thing, too. Is actually, like, oddly, as I've gotten more confident, I've also gotten more confident saying, like, I don't know that yet. Let me think about it and get back to you. Yeah. yeah like, early on, I would have been like, uh, uh, and try to talk through it. Yes. I know. <laughs> yes, I know. Exactly. <laughs> oh. So, like, it's weird that, like, more confidence means I'm okay saying, I don't know. <laughs> yes, I, I know. And, yeah. Or, yeah, absolutely. Or yeah. I'll try to, like, act it out myself and be like, hey, what if, what, let's just, like, improvise it together and figure out maybe, like, if there's a way to, like, make this okay or make this, like, I don't know, more comfortable or palpable. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I know. Um, and do you think because you're a woman, you've had different, I mean, do you think your experience has been different? And if yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I found, and I think there's like data to back this up, <laughs> that uh, sometimes the female, the, the women teachers, uh, it's said that we give like too many notes, but I don't usually, or we don't give enough. That's it. We don't give enough notes, even though we too uh but the men teachers don't get that as much like they'll say we're not hard enough or they'll say that um uh, but you know what the flip side is yes it, it's it's that thing of like almost uh yeah they just like think we're not being hard enough i i've heard that before and it's, uh, so it's like the feedback right. yeah and the and the flip side is if we're gonna come down real hard like Oh, they're so shitty and like exactly or oh what a bitch <laughs> right. yeah right. or one one time there was a um this was this was horrible uh it was a a workshop of teenagers from this from like georgia and they were in new york and it was like 10 a.m on a sunday when they were in new york and we had to do these workshops with them and then go do a show with them 
this, and there's so many of them, and they weren't even acting students. They did not want to be there. But we found, or I found, uh, there was another uh, woman, woman teacher and I, uh, we are short, uh, we're young, young women, uh, that they would not shut up, they would not pay attention, they would not give us any respect. Uh, the, even the chaperones were horrible. And then we said, like, this was the most horrible experience we've ever had. Went to the, the men teachers who had the other groups, and they were like, oh, these guys were great. And they, uh, like, it just, it seems there was like no respect at all because you're women. And one of the dads came up to me afterwards and he goes, job? And I was like, what are you asking me? And he's like, job? Like, I don't know what you, and I was like, Do you, is this my job? Yes, it is. And I get paid for it. And like, I've been doing it this many years and all these things, but it just like, really putting me down of like, oh, this is what you do for a job. It's like, yeah, great, get out of here. <laughs> it was really horrible. Oh my God. I feel like sometimes I have an advantage because I am a little older and have kids and stuff. And so sometimes when people are giving me a hard time, like I'll just drop like casually that like, oh, I'm a mom or whatever. And all of a sudden it's like a different perception of me. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, you're no longer a, you're a mother. Ugh, and like yeah. how sexist and annoying that is <laughs> oh my god yeah i can see that i can see that a lot but but on on the flip side um on like a good way i have found that uh i i have a lot more women signing up for my classes my classes are, are a lot more women which i like <laughs> like it kind of like changes the vibe a little bit just by virtue of who signs up for my class uh which i've been really lucky to have so um so that's been like really nice having like sort of, uh, I would say the past like, four classes I taught were mostly women, which yeah, has really been like really nice. Uh, not me, not that I don't want them in my class, but it's right. been like, just like the people that would sign up for my class is, is yeah. really nice. We, we go through ebbs and flows. So like for a while we were super heavy, like a ton of women. And then like it went the other way. And then, and all of a sudden I turn around, I'm like, I am just surrounded by dudes. And then like it goes back, but you know, and it's again, it's a small market. I'm like, at the end of the day though, the person who is, has the ultimate authority, at least is a female, because it's me. Yeah. So like, I try to cut some slack there and be like, okay, well, at least there's that, you know? And, uh, but like when I do my train the trainers, uh, there are times when we're having conversations and some of the teachers who are men will say something and I'm like, oh, that's such a, that you don't even understand that where you're coming from is such a place of privilege. Yeah. And then I got to like train them on that. Cause they just don't even know that like they're, attitude or their note on something is just coming from something that they don't even have to think about because they're a dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot of times, uh, like when we're in the office or something, we'll, we'll try to like talk about something of like, Hey, uh, like, well, there was like something. So I, I would maybe like go to like, um, one of our teachers who's a person of color and be like, Hey, did I, did I, do right. this properly or like was this something I should have done more with or like I'll try to ask advice from something where it's like I'm not coming from this place I don't know this experience did I make that person do you what's your opinion on that so right. try to confer with each other if there's something we feel like ah I don't know because I, I think we're really aware of it right now um about 
yeah, there's that privilege and, and I'm coming from this place, but it's only because of I've had this experience. And right. So we, tr I, I always try to like talk to someone if I feel really weird or off or like, how can I do it better the next time? Right. Yeah. Um, when you teach workshops, I always like, cause I think it's important for people who are, um, who are trying to structure their own things. When you teach workshops outside of Magnet, do you have um, a way you go about structuring and like creating your workshop, like with the end in mind and then going backwards? Or do you like to just take a series of exercises and see what the through line is with yeah. that? I, let's see. So it kind of depends on what the workshop is. Usually I'll have a uh, warm up, of course, warm up scenes just to kind of, and I like matching warm up scenes because I feel like that's a nice way to see what someone's going to bring and how closely someone else will go along with something. So and will you specifically ask them to match? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's like one of my favorite ways to kind of watch people. Uh, so, and have everyone initiate one, everyone join one. I keep them pretty short. They're just warming them up. And then I'll have like an exercise to, it's like a nice lead in. Um, and then I, I actually just, took a yoga teacher training. So it's actually a lot like a teach structuring a yoga class is that like there's the warm up and then you in yoga there's a peak pose. So it's the pose that's going to be like the culmination of everything and then you start cooling them down. So I think it's actually really similar in that you have like one peak thing that's going to hit a lot but to prepare them for that you have to give them a couple of things along the way to prepare them for that one exercise. And then after that it's kind of like a cool down, a culmination of like, hey, okay, cool. Now we're using a lot of what we just did. And then it's like something fun at the end. Yeah. So I would say that's sort of how I structure what I'm taking when I'm on the road. It also depends if I have two hours, three hours, like what the timing is. Sometimes right. with three hours, I can really get into like really preparing for that peak and then like the cool down and we can talk a little bit more. If it's two hours, I might cut some things a little bit shorter or like, hit different exercises that um, can go a little quicker. Like I might do a couple of different quick things rather than like one peak. So it kind of depends on how much time you have, but uh, a three hours a nice, it also depends on how many people. You don't want right. them seated for too long watching someone else do something. So I try to always time it that in little, like almost even like little half hour chunks, like the warm up, warm up scenes, that's a half an hour. Uh, the end is sort of the half hour cool down and then a good hour of like at least two to three exercises in there if it's like a two hour kind of class. Yeah, yeah. I will also try to, I mean, it depends on the workshop obviously as well, yes. but I will also try to build exercises where like I can have three or four people up so that they're getting multiple touch points getting up there. Yeah. And you do learn from sitting but and watching, but they're there for a reason, so I'm trying to like... Yeah, you don't want them seated for too long, if, like just kind of zoning out. You want everyone to be like really into it. And I like to keep things really fun. So uh, yes, yeah, so even if something, I always try to like have something fun to say or like, oh, well, I liked this in out of the scene uh, or try to like be like, hey, I think those are the teachers from the school earlier. I'll try to like start connecting things in my own head just to kind of like... So you're like, hey, it's fun, right? You're right, good. Right, yeah. And that fun piece at the end, I think, is something that um, a lot of newer teachers don't necessarily think about either. And it's super important because while I want you to, like, have been pushed and have thought about stuff, I don't want you walking out there being like, I hate myself. Yeah, <laughs> yes. 
you want them to feel like, oh, okay, cool, that was that was fun, or I did get something out of that. And yeah, that that like that last thing is like such a fun thing because then you can also have them all up in a circle. You can do this fun thing, and then you can be like, cool, that's it. I'm Megan. You can find me on Facebook or like this is, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm doing a show at this festival. Right. Uh, and promote that, uh, right. promote the theater, and then kind of like do, it's nice to like kind of do like a little circle thing and say like, hey, if you have any questions, I'll be here afterwards. Yeah. Especially because the way the brain processes also, it only take in so much information before it starts to like just not be able to do it. And then it needs to like process it without us, like on its own before yeah. it can even like become an automatic muscle for it. So it's just really like kind of important to know that they can only take so much cognitively in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing also about like keeping it like a simple, uh, this is what we're going to do today. And like, this is what I want to you to walk away with. So I always try to have like a recap ready of like, Hey, so this is what was leading to this and this is what you can do. And this is how you can like maybe bring it into your own things. Cause also sometimes you go in and you don't know what their other class classes are. Or you don't know how they're structured in a theater. Sometimes, you know, a little bit more than others, but so like, is this going to be helpful for you across the board and not just for like flacker or event day? Like this is right. this skill you can take into just scene work. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was teaching a workshop up in new England and um, like a few months ago and I forget how game heavy, New England is just because it's because uh, it you know because it UCB from New York seeps into it obviously right yeah and, and I am not I play from my heart <laughs> so to speak <laughs> right um, everything's all emotion and so I walked in there and I like kind of forgot and then I was watching and I was like oh god and then I get a little heady because it's a workshop and I don't and I want them to get their stuff you know crazy stuff that like yeah you also don't want to be like I know this is what you do but uh. Right. You cannot do that. Like, right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like super mindful to be like, hey, so like, you know, uh, I know that you play this way, but for like the next two hours, just like try to get on this train with me. Yeah. And hope, you know, if you don't get anything out of it afterwards, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then also, I remember some workshops that I was in when I was first starting, and I think about like, and I look at the notes and like, that was really valuable. Like, so, so sometimes I also know that like, this maybe isn't going to be helpful for them now, but maybe it'll be helpful right. on and I did what I could. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, and then I always, and then there's times when I will um, get heavy about like, Oh, I'm repeating the same thing I say all the time. And I'm like, no, 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 but it's okay. Cause you're in a city that doesn't, you know, like doesn't get to <laughs> doesn't know you. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't have to see these people again. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right, I'm like, I'm not repeating myself. It's the first time they're hearing it and, and all yeah. those kind of things. So it's just like, um, it's all the weird things as um, just being on the teaching side of it. Um, I mean, I love it. Like, I am grateful every day that I get to teach multiple times a week. Like, how many yeah. people get to do that? Um, yeah. So what do you do to keep yourself from getting burnt out? Oh, I think having days off is really good. Um, I run a lot, uh, like Rick, <laughs> we're doing the marathon in November. Uh, but like, I think having, keeping your body active, I think is really important for me to kind of keep focused. Um, but I think putting in days off is really important. Like having a day that I don't have to think about this or do this is right. nice. Uh, 
but uh or like just getting away and having a trip that's not improv related because sometimes i'm like oh yeah i traveled all these all, like six times this year but it was always for a festival or i yeah. had to do something or like it was never like it's rare that we'll travel for something that's not involved with improv right i um uh, i was talking to my friend max mccall who's out at end games in san francisco and uh he and i were just like are you gonna do any traveling he's like oh yeah i'm going here and here he's like none of it's improv related i'm like no that's amazing <laughs> yeah that's i'm like impressed <laughs> yeah so, yes. <laughs> so yeah i think like also uh i, I think in the ter terms of like oh getting out having a day off i think but also like seeing uh, a piece of art or like going for like a nice walk or uh, going to see a movie that's not comedy or something. I think it's, or like a different kind of podcast or something, learning something I think is important to make it so that I'm not just, that, that snake eating its own tail. I'm just referencing things I've heard from other improv scenes or like I'm only, it's like sometimes some students don't have like, they don't know what the Godfather is. They don't right. know like who this actor is. I'm like, how are you not? So I think there's a lot of young students now that don't have a lot of those references that I, I think is they're missing something. Yeah. Knowing a little bit more than just, you know, uh, what they're getting off of social media. Yeah. It's a, um, yeah. You have to be engaged and interested in your world. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm really lucky. One of my close teammates, he's just reading all the time. Like, yeah, like it's great. And I, I do too. Like, I just read as much as like I just love to do it. And um, but I also like now that this is my like now that this is my job, um, I keep him like, oh, I need a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I know this was my hobby, and now it's not. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, then, and then I can't turn it off either though because everything I'll go do still will tie back to improv for me in some way yeah I sometimes like freelance uh, I do like a uh, some freelancing in like an office or something and I will start doing object work and they're like I guess I'm like joking and I'm like hey it looks more like I'm I have a cup but it's not a cup and and they're like what are you doing? <laughs> like, oh, right, right. I'm not around improvisers right now, which is also like really interesting. Like if you can make people who aren't improvisers laugh, that's also, I find like really satisfying. Like, oh, these are, it's like, these are muggles <laughs> and I yeah. make them laugh. And so like, that's like really, and I'm not on stage right now. So it's like, oh, right. it's been in me the whole time. <laughs> sort of thing. Like, yes, I can do this. Yeah. I, um, yeah, and then like like I, I was a, a mentor. Uh, so my I, I graduated, my undergraduate uh, was Rollins College, and it's in the and I live in the area where where Rollins is. And so they asked me to be. They have this mentoring program, mm -hmm. and they asked me to be a mentor for um, an undergrad student. And I was like, of course. And we went to like this networking event where you could meet all the current mentors and the mentees. And um, I was like, oh my god, these guys are so boring though. Like. <laughs> Oh, I know. Yeah. Sometimes I forget how like uptight people are and how difficult it is for them to just like engage in a conversation. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> I've decided I'm like, it's going to be my mission to make this mentoring program. Like they're going to hire me to consult for them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it is so crazy. You need people like they're so rigid sometimes. It's like, cool. This is, I mean, I think like improv is just taught 
me of like how to keep things light, how to keep things going, like, or just like being confident about, even if I don't know what's going on, I can act like I do and then figure it out and like not like getting flustered about anything. Do you have any like advice or thoughts that you give to people who are looking to get into teaching improv? I think just do it, like do it as much as you can because you'll get better the more you do it. And I think, I, I think actually like talking to teachers is important and like listening to podcasts like these I think are important because uh, I mean, you, as I've got from my yoga training, <laughs> it's like once you say, you may know the exercises, you may know the poses, but until you say it out loud and verbalize it, it's such a different thing. So you have to like be verbalizing uh, these, either the poses or exercises, you have to say it out loud. And once you start getting the words, then it, the next step is, but how do I describe it? Like I can explain to you past the face, but like, what are the fun little things I add that like make it like, you know, connect with me or make me being able to give you some of my perspective with it. So you learn the verbiage, but then it's putting your, putting it into like through a sieve of your, like here it is, and then putting it through my own perspective. And, but you need to learn how to say the words first and yeah. not your spin on it. So I think the only way you can get comfortable doing that is by practicing with groups. And I think duos are good to start with because there's only two of them. You get to really focus. You can talk things through. So duos and trios are a good way to kind of start like really getting good perspective. And um, I think also in our, in Magnet, we have something called big sibbing. You, you could be a big brother, a big sister. You, if you've gone through level four, you can retake a class for free any class, one, two, three, and you just take notes and you send the notes and you basically arrange outings and you're just like an experienced improviser in a class. So you're not like a TA, but you're there to kind of like, if someone's not getting up, you jump up. So like, I think doing that is also good because you're writing down the notes and you're watching someone teach and it's something you know. So I think that's also for people, I think that's like a good thing to do is to maybe like retake a, a back, back to basics class. Yeah. See how teachers that you respect describe things. Yeah. I even to this day, uh, I'm like, God, I would, if I had time and stuff, like go take like everybody's level one. <laughs> I know. I've like, I've really wanted to do that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's be great. So um, any final thoughts uh, about it uh, in general? Oh. Anything you hit? Oh. Uh, what did you say? What, did you, what was the last thing you said? Anything. Anything, anything I didn't hit in terms oh, that you were like, oh, I thought you said anything you want to pitch. And I was like, Oh God, do yeah, I get sure. to we'll get sure. We'll do that in a second. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, uh, no, I think, I think, uh, people being open to the most important thing is, uh, making it fun for you. If it starts to get like not fun or you don't like it anymore, being okay with like taking a break from it or not letting yourself get burnt out and, being okay to make mistakes sometimes and being open to, as long as you learn from them and you do it different the next time, uh, I think that that's the most important thing. And um, being an empathetic human in these hard times and maybe even thinking of like, oh, maybe this person's going through something to maybe understand their point of view, I think is important in this climate <laughs> as yeah. we go through. It's, um, I mean, it can be hard, but it's, I think it's super important yeah. to always think about like where is this person coming from because it gets really easy for us to be like, 
um, you know, like we, I assume we're like this too, like I'm going to get up on stage. I'm not going to think about like, there's not the butterflies of like, oh my God, I'm on stage. Like I might get like butterflies of something else or excited about something else, but it's not the piece of like, oh, I'm about to open my mouth and perform piece. Anymore. Yeah. You can forget what that feels like. And so just to really try to step into the shoes of somebody for that. Um, if yeah. people do want to find you and you want to be found. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Uh, great. Thank you. <laughs> now I'm ready for my pitch. Uh, yeah. this, uh, well, I'm uh, at .com, uh at Gray Megan on Twitter or just I'm on Facebook. Megan Gray people can always reach out to me or message me if they have any questions about anything uh, oh. about life, love, relationships, fashion, whatever. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs>